when you come back to Toronto to set records, but it's not the record you thought you would. <laughs> it's That's So MLS. Ouch. A North American soccer podcast with myself, Andrew Vates, and Nick Thornton. Hello. Uh, as we are we are discussing um, on Friday, as, as rumors are coming through, that there is a, a potential return of Sebastian Javinko to Toronto. Yeah. Um, this is one of the more bizarre ones. Like, am I the, am I the only one who's thinking like, uh, is that what we want to do here? <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, uh, Giovinco's time in Toronto was incredibly successful, but the, it was a minute ago. <laughs> it was a a little while back. Um, however, I guess at this point. I just feel like Toronto needs anything, and if this is the thing that m- motivates them to like try and and maybe score a goal or two, then that could be a positive thing. But it, it just doesn't feel like I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of the like stopgap signing, where it's like, well, we we're just terrible, and so we'd be a little bit less terrible if we sign a really great player, but we don't know if we're actually going to use him in the long term or how fit he'll be. Yeah, um, I think that, that it could be interesting to see where he fits in. The We should also note that it is not in any way a uh, a done deal. No. Um, just a rumor. That's true. Just a rumor. The guy who's... The, the, I think this is, you know, with Waking the Red saying that this is somebody who who makes a lot of predictions and some of them work out. Uh, the, the same person was saying... On August twentieth, that Gio was going to the crew, right? The the crew were working to sign him um, because Bezbachenko likes him. Uh, so who knows exactly? Um, but I don't think it's the first time that I've heard, you know, a rumor like this. It would, I mean, I think it, there's it, been these rumors since he left Toronto, but it would it would uh, smack of you know a little bit of. Uh, if if this rumor from Nicolo Shira is correct, um, it would smack a little bit of of that desperation of like we've got to do something. Yeah, and we've I mean gotta, he's thirty four. Got to bring back that feeling. Yeah, he's thirty four. He's not ancient. I'm sure he's still got gas in the tank. I don't mean to imply like he's he's not going to be any good. It's just in the long term, it, it sort of feels like well, you guys are a very different team now with very different coaching. So bringing back a, a player who played before. I also just feel like Toronto do, has done this before <laughs> and it's not often worked out. Um, Toronto where, Toronto yeah. also aggressively replaced for that position. Yeah. Like, for me, I, I want to see you get performances out of Pozuelo. Like, that should be the way forward. And, and yes. how can you build pieces around him? Um, I don't know that just going back to a former DP superstar is necessarily the thing. But again, it is just a rumor. And at this point, Toronto just needs something. So (laughs) as I said, if this is it, sure, why not? I'm not going to complain seeing him in the league again if this comes true. They're missing, uh, uh, you know, Justin Morrow is, uh, is, is, has announced his retirement. That's Um, right. Yeah. Huge, at times not necessarily like the biggest star um, for Toronto, but I feel like somebody that was a like you know every time you 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 pick somebody out of that defense, you know that was one of the rocks of the defense. It's a problem. 
it was a problem when they lost more originally. It was, I feel like finding the right mix of people has been like one of the major challenges for them in the post championship era. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's only going to be harder. Yeah. That's where I would try to replace. I wouldn't be bringing in another striker when, when a guy like that, um, announces he's retiring. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So we shall see what comes of it. I, uh, I echo, uh, the Toronto stars, Laura Armstrong saying that, um, one of the, his contribution to the, to the big Toronto teams is, is huge, but, uh, probably what's going to stand out as much as anything else is his contribution to black players for change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's obviously been in the league for a long time and is a very, um, like highly thought of player. Um, but I, I also clearly a leader to other players, um, and the players association. So good career for him. And, and it just sort of feels like another thing that's like, it's, I know it's not connected to Toronto's troubles right now, but sort of feels like it's not happening at a great time either. No. Now, and I, the one thing I was trying to find out in this story that I wasn't 100% sure about is whether or not, uh, does this mean he's done like tomorrow or that he's done? Is this, is he, is he off at the end of the year? Yeah. I, I wasn't clear on that detail either. Um, that is, yeah, it's, it's been tough for Toronto. And, and that's the thing. If you, I would focus less of around like who you're trying to sign and who you're trying to pick up than at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I would worry less about who you're going to pick up um, than uh, not giving up own goals against FC Cincinnati and losing 2 nothing. <laughs> Is that where your focus would be? <laughs> that would be, I think that not... Not giving up uh, on goals to Cincinnati, yeah, would be would be. I think. How about losing to Inter Miami right after? <laughs> Are they? I think I heard they're they're hot about that. I think there was like some. What was the? I think it it, it was maybe around the PK kicks. There was some unhappiness. That was a one nil loss for Toronto as well. Um. Also, they lost in the Canadian Championship. Well, who who are they playing? I've totally just zoned out of the Canadian Championship now that the Whitecaps were spectacularly eliminated. Montreal dumped them. Oops. Uh, two, three, one. On. Mm. Uh, oh. Oh, this had a bad headline. It said that it said the Canadian Championship, but it was. Uh, it was a game before. Oh, jeez! It's a news item that says in Canadian Classique. That's a silly name. That's a silly oh. name for this. It's not the Canadian Championship. Uh, take that all back. Um, now that I'm now that I think about it, Montreal are going to Halifax to play the Wanderers in the Canadian Championship. Ah, okay, okay, okay. And uh, Forge played yesterday, but I didn't. I'll look that up. I'll see what the the deal was there. Um. But yeah, it's been it's been tough. It's been of of all of the teams that have had a tough time um, that you would think of as as big teams. It's certainly been a tougher time than Toronto than anyone else. It certainly has, and and just nothing seems to be happening for them. Um, and it's not been like completely terrible performances. They've had 
moments of play where they they still look like Toronto, but it just seems that overall as a team, it's just not clicking, and they just look second best to everything. Pozuelo's not been switched on the way he needs to be. You know, it's not for lack of trying. It's it's just that the results really do speak for themselves in this case. Absolutely. Um, I was, uh, I've, you know, breezed my way through some of these results um, in the last uh, in the last couple of days. And what did you think about the Columbus game against Orlando on the 4th? The 3-2 one. I gotta find it here in my long notes. <laughs> there was so many games. <laughs> Scrolling endlessly here. Columbus, what? <laughs> what was this? So this is Columbus versus Orlando. 2-3. Um Is that is that correct? No, Orlando won three two and they were the home team. So yes. Orlando three two, Columbus. Um Nanny sends Daryl DK on a great run forward versus uh, versus the Columbus, and he beats the defender and the goalkeeper with the strike, and he scores a second on a nice cross to Junior Urso, or he uh, he he assisted the second, I think. Hmm. Um, and then uh, Columbus gets all the way back to two two, and then uh, Urso scores to make it 3-2 in that uh, on the 69th minute nice and that lasts until the end of the game yeah and I mean unfortunately this game was sort of the turning of the fortunes for Columbus or for Orlando rather Columbus has been struggling uh, I mean good three points for Orlando but they sort of went on to um, slide a bit after this game so I thought it was an okay performance but I mean Columbus just has speaking of teams that have not looked themselves <laughs> Um, I would certainly put Columbus in that category, although they they've had some okay results recently. But Orlando Orlando also went on to lose to Montreal. Nani got sent off. Perea got sent off in that game. <laughs> uh, um, and then I think they lost another match, didn't they? Oh, oh know, yeah, because they also lost to Atlanta. In the Orlando uh, in the Orlando game, um, Orlando versus Montreal, four uh, two. What a scoreline! Um, the cross, the first goal for Montreal, the cross from Kyoto to Chouanier is delicious. Really, really good. Yeah. And I mean, I'm as tired as I am of seeing Montreal cough up goals so easily. Um, I guess the fact that they can still sneak four past a team pretty consistently is a good thing. It's just so hard to measure what their playoff chances really are. I mean, I think they have a good chance of getting in and staying above the playoff line. Um, that being said, it's just the, the goals against hasn't really been in their favor this year. And so I, I kind of see them as just a, a chaos playoff showing where they might win a couple, but this is far from a polished team. It's extremely like an on their day kind of team because you will absolutely find it where... Um, where it's like, you know, if they have everything clicking, they have so many pieces now. Yeah. They've yeah. got Lapalina. They've got, they've got uh, Barrios. They've got, um, they've got Mason Toy if he's healthy. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Um, and it's like they, they can hit you with so much 
if you uh, if you let them, it's just all about you know not being not giving up vulnerabilities in return. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's what we've continued to see is that they're they're still relatively vulnerable on the counter. Um, but some not bad performances to have them sitting in sixth place in the table, um, you know, for not being for not always playing the best and conceding multiple goals in a game. It's not a bad place to be for them. I think that this is let me look at what the, the um, I think that this is like sort of a, a year of opportunity for any team, really. But like, you know, for especially for a team like this, where it's like, um, you know, I would say that other than, I mean, not even New England is beatable, but I would say that there are a lot of, that, that this is a, this is a year where if you look at the other teams that are in range of those, uh, of those last four mm-hmm. playoff spots, yeah. it's like, you know, um, if you look at from New York City, DC, Atlanta, Inter-Miami, Philadelphia, and Columbus, um, any one of those teams could beat any other one of those teams. Absolutely. Um, Especially this season, yeah. Unfortunately, it's because they're so... Um, they're uh, they're so... Uh, Prone to giving up goals? Yeah, so inconsistent at this time. That's what makes it so... That's what makes it so interesting this year, unfortunately, is that you'd look at it and you'd be like, well, I can... You know, if you if you may look at you may have looked at it in past years like mm, Philadelphia, this is going to be a tough day for us. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily. Yeah, no, and and I I yeah I agree with that. I've been thinking similar things about DC United right now. Like they're they're looking great and they're scoring lots of goals, but it, they are also very much a team that's like yeah on their day they're going to score multiple goals and be a really tough team to play against, but have also defensively not been the most sound. Um, mm-hmm. That's DC you're talking about? Yeah. and It just and they, so happens that DC's day is when they're playing Chicago. Well, it's, it just so happens a lot of people's days when you're playing Chicago right now. But <laughs> yeah, they got a, a huge 3 nothing result against Chicago. Uh, an Ola Kamara hat trick, which you don't always get to see. Um, I mean, this one was like one where it, it looked like Chicago didn't even really dress for the game. Like, just way too casual um but what we've seen i think earlier in the season with dc united is that these kinds of games they weren't able to put away and they'd be inexplicably losing it in the last minute or drawing um so credit to them for getting the three points there and then i believe they had what was there did they have another positive result before that that a 1-1 away oh, in new york which is pretty good yeah, I mean, and Red Bulls haven't really been in form, but um, DC hasn't been in form on the road as much. So, yeah, another good point for them. So they're sitting uh, tied for points um, with Montreal. They're ahead on the goal difference at the moment. And speaking of scoring uh, scoring a hat trick and still inexplicably losing, <laughs> there was this amazing... I feel that that watching, you know, tracking through the, the the games that have gone by since you and I last spoke, the the journey of RSL is such a bumpy one. It always seems to be, doesn't it? Like 
man, you you gotta love RSL and they they fight to the end. But I was like exhausted after watching their highlights this week. <laughs> they had so they go to they they go to San Jose. Um, who is not having a well? Are they what? What's the table situation? Uh, Where do yeah, they're they out sit of the, the table? They're they sit on eleventh, so uh, third from the bottom. Yeah, uh, but but not as having certainly not in the doldrums, not in not in a situation where they couldn't um they couldn't sort of make up some of that extra room. Um, but I think like not always a week to week threat is is where you would put them. Um, and then they have the. Um, the Chofis, yeah, the Chofis hat trick. Um, with the first one is a uh, I have this in, just find it. Um, he picks up on the 26th minute, he picks up a corner and then cuts away from his defender to score. Um, RSL equalizes in the first half of stoppage time off a, ro- a rebound that hits uh, Rubio's chest. Um, which is great. I love Chesticle where he's like, oh yeah, I totally, Rubio Rubina's like, I totally know uh, th- what was happening with that. Yeah. Um, Albert Ruznak scores early in the second half and it's all of a sudden um, RSL are, are, are putting the hurt on and then um, Trophy scores again on the, a minute later, not making what, well, it looks like he nutmegs both the defender and the keeper, but I think he just nutmegs the defender. Um, and mm-hmm. also, I think it's important to note uh, whoever's number one for for San Jose uh, dies and goes to heaven on this play. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when uh, yeah, 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 yeah. When he just he cuts stole... around him and he just falls backwards onto his back. <laughs> he does great, great clip. A, a big mood, a big twenty twenty one mood. Alanis goes. Alanis takes the nasty plunge on that one. Uh Alanis. He he, uh, he. It was a it was a rough one for him. And then he scores a, an Olympico goal direct from a corner kick. Yeah, from Shofis just had. Uh, or sorry, no, Rubin. Wait, no, Shofis. Shofis scores the the his hat trick goal off of the corner. Sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of goals. I'm getting them mixed up. Forgive me. And then, so now, you know, San Jose, have, you, you've got this 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 legendary set of goals. <laughs> and, it's just so uh, sad. RS, RSL scored twice again. And it just, wins the game. Only San Jose can score three goals and still lose the game, as we entered with... It's it's disappointing. I mean, San Jose has looked a lot better at times this season and certainly more organized. Um, but, you know, set plays and, and the counter just continue to seem to really haunt them. Um, they they just throw so much forward, and certainly we've seen that um, that attacking threat. But to consistently be giving up so many goals, I mean, this is credit to RSL to, to hang on to this one and get themselves back in and find the win. But... You know, it's starting to to probably feel quite old to San Jose fans, where um, their team can show up and can knock three past the other team, but somehow can't find a way to win. Yes, the Dallas, and and this is, I think, something that Dallas have it also has to work on and correct because they got the they got the three two win 
against Dallas, but then the 3-2 loss against LAFC. Mm-hmm. Um, where they, in that first one, they, 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 you know, they scored the, they were able to take and hold the lead, which is great. Um, and then in the second, they just continued, uh, all of the effort that they were, you know, putting into, uh, was always to come back from goals from, from Arango. Um, and then eventually they concede the own goal in that game. So it's, it's, that was tough because you could see how much talent was going on is is going on with RSL, and yet they still seem to be uh, creating some problems with themselves for themselves. And yet, how, uh, and, and yet, yet. they're si- still sitting sixth in the above the playoff line, above LAFC on goal differential, <laughs> um, and tied for points. So. RSL continues to be one of those rocky up and down teams. However, I feel like the the ups are outweighing the downs just enough that it's it's kind of worked out for them. Um, yeah, LASC I think has had, have had a, a a better a better time of it uh, in in the last three games, which they've all won uh, after going uh, what is it eight without a win mm-hmm. um, they have uh, the, a lot of their attacking pieces that they've put together have really started to uh, to click including Arango and Fall um, they absolutely blew the doors off of Sporting Kansas City who's first in the in the Western Conference and then scored a combined six goals in their next game after getting after losing 4 nothing to LAFC which is wild yeah um but I think that uh, we're seeing. I mean, they played. It's like you know they've been getting. Uh, LAFC got those results at uh, at home against Sporting Kansas City, and then also away at Austin, which has been um, which has been a little bit of a challenging uh, in in a, having a little bit of a challenging time of its own. Yeah, yeah. LAFC have looked a little bit more like their old selves. I mean, that that passing rhythm has come back at least through large stretches of the game um, or games. Um, but and and finding ways to win games, right? Like they've had, I think, sort of goals by committee, and and that's helped. Um, I I feel like the Austin game. It's a pretty soft PK shout for a handball that I don't think the player really knows much about. But I still feel like LA, LAFC looked like the better team in this game. Um, Fagundes has been good for Austin and scoring goals, but you know, there's still a lot of turnovers in midfield. Uh, I think that seems to be the thing that Austin's uh, getting hit on time and time again. Um, but certainly an attacking threat in their own right. Yeah, I mean, like... Like at times. <laughs> I think this is not a terrible expansion season. No. But, no, no, no. But, but I don't think it's a, like, you know, it's one of the ones that will will be in the 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 side of the evidence of expansion season, of, of the idea that expansion teams are more likely to have a bad year than not. Yeah. Well, and, and defensively, I thought they started the season quite well and and then just seemed to really start to lose the grip on things. Um, now conceding 36 goals. Um, they lost to Houston as well, 3-0. Um, 
uh, Fafa Pico got a brace in that one. Um, and it, yeah, it just feels a little bit too casual from Austin at times, especially at the back. It's just not aggressive. We've talked about this with Minnesota as well. It's just being kind of second best to everything. Um, it's not that the, the players individually are terrible or the formation is off. It's just that as a team, the chemistry is not always there and and just a, a little bit more being switched on and a little quicker to react, I think, is is what Austin needs to start to look out for. Mm. They, uh, they lost to Vancouver in, uh, in, in when they had the lead to begin with after a, a couple of those quick reaction goals, like you're saying, from, from Dahomey and Dibber Caicedo. Yeah, I would say, like, Austin's not, like, an easy team to play against, but it's also not that hard to beat them, I feel. <laughs> like, if Austin goes one up over you, you're like, yeah, I mean, that's still reasonable. We can we can still win it. I feel like something about the, the home atmosphere, and, like, I think it carries away a little bit to away, to away games, but also because they're such an unknown quantity, that I feel like when a team faces these guys, especially the first time, they're like, Okay, what are we gonna we we've got a this is gonna be a new test for us, you know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. it feels like an unpredictable quantity um, when when you're seeing how they're matching up with everybody this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Vancouver, um, they had their their uh, they did get the win in that match, but uh, they have had the the unbeaten streak in which they also lost a coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, with the one nothing um, home to Portland, which is it's kind of unfortunate to have that kind of thing end uh, with an own, with the Veselinovich own goal. Yeah, and I mean I feel bad for Veselinovich. He's already got one this season, and, and this one I I just feel like you know he's just caught behind the ball and facing the wrong direction, and you know he's trying to prevent it going in. It probably goes in if he's not there, so. Um, it's, it's not great, but it was, it was just, again, you know, everybody got all excited about this new look Vancouver with the arrival of Ryan Gauld. And we're really starting to see now, like, this is just a Gauld plated white caps (laughs) where, uh, yeah, worked real hard on that one. Um, it's, it's good. It's, it's just, there's no urgency for the first 45 minutes in any game. And we've talked about this, how even in some of their better results, they weren't necessarily playing all that better, and certainly not for an entire game. And all of those things sort of came home to roost on them. I'll also say, you know, I think Portland deserved to win this one anyway. They they certainly looked to be finding uh, the goal. That was a ball in from Sebastian Blanco, I believe, um, who's back with the team and um, starting to look good. He also was able to tie things up in the game later in the week, uh, the draw with Portland, which was 2-2. Kind of a sloppy game for both sides, but um, Sebastian Blanco just scores deep into stoppage time and snags a point for uh, for Portland, who have been... Better ish, <laughs> um, and are now sitting like, fifth in the table. In the I West. feel like there are teams like that in like Portland and like uh, in Atlanta where it's like cross your fingers and hope it works out. Um, that in that draw, like Portland in that draw against uh, Colorado. 
Yeah, which they were also playing a man down as well. I think uh, Tuiluma was sent off in the first half. That's that's exciting when you're when you're a man down and you you come back to tie and stoppage time, even though it's a draw. That's a, that's uh, that's such a good feeling. Exactly. Like why the hell not? I had said Bar for some reason I said Barrios was on uh, Montreal, but I was actually thinking of his goal in this game. Right. Yeah. I I clocked that. I was like, wait. I know Barrios isn't with Montreal, but I can't remember where he is, and that's where he is. He's been doing well. Yeah, this has been, a, you know, uh, I wonder if it feels, you know, it's just, again, the 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 strange ride that is Colorado this season, going really well. Yeah, and I mean, despite this draw, um, they'll next be visiting the Whitecaps, I mean, my hope, my personal hope is that the uh, energy spent drawing with Portland <laughs> took it out of them for this Sunday's match with Vancouver. But, you know, I think Vancouver fans are in for a nasty surprise when they see, you know, Colorado used to be a team that you could think, OK, well, we can go there and uh, maybe get some points. Or if they come here, certainly we can beat them. But Colorado has given us problems and they've been very, very stingy this year. Uh, they've only conceded 23 goals, which is only four more than Seattle, who are leading the league in fewest goals conceded. Um, and also finding ways to score goals. So I think this is going to be a really tough one for Vancouver. Colorado has looked great. Um, you know, they're two points behind Seattle, only three points behind Kansas City in the table. They've They've put together some really, really solid performances. It'll be really interesting when that uh, when that happens, especially you know, I think that that the it, Danny Sartini for Vancouver has had about as easy a ride for a for a new term uh, coming in as you as you could possibly want with mm-hmm. with, a, with a run of nice results, and, and it'll be um it will be a test, I guess, of trying to. Uh, to see what could be salvaged from the season, and 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 we had hope we had seen and, and talked about the the propensity of the Whitecaps to end up in these doldrums, mm-hmm. uh, and the new test of the team um, under the inter management is to present is to prevent one result from turning into a slide. Yeah. Um, I, I hope so, but it's yeah, it's it's going to be a key game, and we've talked about this all season. This is the trouble with when you have a whole bunch of not great performances is that now they're they're pushing for the playoff spot, but every single game, it, it everything is riding on it um, because all of these teams that you should have put to bed easily earlier in the season have now found their form too. So. Yeah, you can look at the teams below us and think, wow, we can probably beat Dallas and San Jose on our day. But then you look above and you're like, mm, you know, <laughs> it's a, a little dicier, uh, especially LAFC, Salt Lake and Portland, you know, teams that we, we've beat or we've gotten results against, but also are beating us more recently. Yeah, it's a it's a that's the one thing. When you when you were or competing with those teams, and then you're also thinking, like, if we make it into the playoffs, what are we going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> sleep, um, sleep through the first half mostly. Go to Sporting Kansas City, who are blowing the doors off of people. Yeah, great, 
great setups uh, from Johnny Russell, great goals, um, including from uh, Daniel Shallowy in that uh, in that big performance against uh, Minnesota. Oh yeah, the big four nothing blowout. Yeah, Sporting Kansas City is just. Oh, you know I love a team where everyone scores a goal. Um, Shallowy has, <laughs> has looked really good. Yeah, Johnny Russell, I think he, he scored from the spot, and then he had two assists in this game. Um, and Minnesota just does not look in it at all these days. Just giving up second chances. There's just so much space between their players out on the pitch. Um, and, and again, as I mentioned earlier, just like not really up to speed. Um, not fully switched on and and just slow to react on things. And I, I feel like as good as Sporting Kansas City has been, taking nothing away from them, this was just kind of looked very cursory for them um, and didn't really look troubled by Minnesota at all. No. And they were also coming off a, a 2 nothing victory against Chicago earlier. <laughs> oh, man. Bobby Shuttleworth has been having the worst time. Uh, both of his goals against uh, both like both of the goals against Sporting Kansas City, you could kind of look at that as is as his bad with the just spilling the rebound to John yeah. Russell six minutes in, and uh, uh, as the second goal, and then it was just that first goal in that game was just like a slow roller. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I like Bobby Shuttleworth, but that's that's the thing is it's the the second balls and yeah, it's not been great. Um, couple of uh, not really like exciting, but um, not but you know maximum points from from uh, not not exciting wins, but maximum points for Inter Miami, which has won uh, three straight one nothing wins. Including, set the alarm because it's Breckshay stoppage time winner o'clock. Yeah, love it. <laughs> love to see it. I can't remember if we talked about this in the last episode or not, but you asked me at some point, like, okay, but do you think Inter Miami is actually good, or are they just playing teams that are either bad or not in form? Yeah, you can't look at, you know, if. You can't look at the Gonzalo Higuain goal winner against Columbus and be like, great execution. Yeah. <laughs> because that one was a total, I mean, like, great awareness to pick off, uh, to pick the ball off to score that. But you can't look at it and be like, oh, that was a real success of your game plan. Yeah. Well, and like, and then beating Toronto one nothing. Um, Lawrence was sent off in the first half and then Toronto concede a super late PK that McCoon puts away. But it it sort of feels like the games that Miami have won, it has been like, not, I don't want to just say luck, but like kind of fluky things that happen. It's like the Mm -hmm. soccer gods are in, in their favor uh, at the moment, but like as total performances, they've not been great. And it's a reason why they're one nil score lines. Like it's like the one thing sort of happened and through all the things aligning in the universe, they scored a goal and won the game. Important points. Um, certainly, <laughs> but this I is... don't, they're sitting in eighth and I sort of feel like that 
just below the playoff line is is like sort of belies their actual uh, abilities. I would say this like um, I would joke that this is setting them up for their ultimate destiny of making it into the last spot in the playoffs and then getting demolished by New England. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or or if it's a wild card, oh, if it's a wild card, maybe not. But just being the total sacrificial line for the first seed, if that's uh, if that's what they're or the second seed, if that's what they're doing. Um, and 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 not to and I also to be fair to Inter Miami, you know they've got thirty two points, and below them are they're tied with Philadelphia, who's just below them. Columbus has thirty, but below that is New York, Chicago with twenty three. So Miami has through whatever <laughs> means found themselves in a position where they have a little bit of daylight between them and the bottom teams. They just need to now stay ahead of Philadelphia and Columbus, which, let's be honest, doesn't seem all that difficult to do at the moment. No. So, like, there's the opportunity is there for the taking for them. I think that makes sense. What are, what, what are we using as a playoff system even right now? The top seven teams... Okay, the, the, the top-seeded team gets a first-round bye, so nobody... Nobody in the in the East will have to be uh, sacrificed. Nobody will have to be sacrificed to New England or to score Kansas City. That's probably for the best. But Nashville hasn't been looking too bad either. That's not uh, that's not something that I would be like. Oh, I only have to play Nashville. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Again, another twenty-one goals conceded through the season. They've been fantastic, and and certainly you know they've had their their moments of uh, not-so-great performances, but they got three points against Montreal through a Zimmerman goal. And then... Goal-scoring ace, Walker Zimmerman. Absolutely. And I thought they had another good result before that or after it. I can't find it. However, sitting second in the East, um, and again, just such a good, solid defensive side, not that we're terribly surprised by that. Um... Yeah, I, I'm really excited to actually see what the, what they look like in the playoffs this year because they've just been so much more consistent and, and organized. Um, it's going to be good. It's one of those years where, um, where you have that opportunity to, and I don't think that Nashville is uh, to to establish yourself and really like hunker down on your place in the table if you can get the results to justify it, which mm-hmm. I don't think is something that you would have pegged Nashville for. You know, in, in in some other situations, you'd have thought of them as kind of an up and down team. Um, but they can really they can really ride on that ride. They can really ride that second spot um, if they can keep uh, getting the results. If they can go to New York City, who they're two places above, and and, and get wins like that, that's a, that's a great sign. Yeah. Well, and another interesting kind of um, not <clears throat> I don't want to quite say wild card, but I guess it is. But just sort of wrench to throw into the Eastern Conference is Atlanta's form right now. Um, looking like everybody's enjoying their soccer. They got a big 4 nothing win against Cincinnati. And I, I know, I know, it's Cincinnati. But <laughs> also, um, the fact that they're, the goals are coming. Barco has been in form. Um, Martinez has been in form. I, I think that Atlanta is going to be... Um, much more looking like themselves and is as they enter the playoff picture um and and it's going to cause a lot of problems in the table because orlando and new york city have had their moments but i i'm sure they're feeling the heat from the teams below them now 
Yeah, you kind of do, uh, you rely <laughs> in saying, oh, there's a lot of opportunity. You rely on a team like Atlanta to play below what you assume an Atlanta's level is. And if you have um, Barco performing well, if you have Araujo uh, scoring on on five on the fifth minute and then having uh, Joseph scoring twice, mm-hmm. it's uh, if you have all of those pieces working, it's really you spell you spell a, a disaster for the opponents at that point. Yeah. I liked uh, I, both of those were good. Barco's free kick, even though it was the fourth goal in the four in a four nothing blowout, was very very pretty. Yeah, which I liked. Um, we talked about um, how are you how are you thinking about how are you feeling about New England as they've as they've. Continue to try and uh, chart those those rocky waters at the top of the table. I mean, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about them. Like, um, you know, I think they occasionally cause themselves uh, a few problems, but they just always seem to come out on the right side of it. Um, they had a great game against New York City FC, uh, who continue to just red card seem to be the theme for them. <laughs> um Tejon Buchanan got the game winner in this one. It that just feels really like... Great. That was a great goal. It was an amazing goal, and I, I feel like New England just has so many different ways to score goals and, and so much talent, um, especially attacking-wise, but we know what a tremendous defensive force they've been this season. I I really do feel um, they're, they're far and away the favorites. I think they're like 11? Uh, not quite. Nine points ahead of Kansas City in the Supporters Shield run, so they're doing okay. My big question is always for New England: is like, can they finish it? You know, <laughs> we've seen teams go up there, claim that top spot, and then not do so well in the playoffs, or certainly not come away with a big prize. So I have no doubt New England will just continue doing what they're doing. The question for me is. Can they be this rock solid once they're in the playoffs? Yeah, that's going to be really key. I, I'm sure that the fans are having, like, this is a, a great era for the fans. And if you have a player like Tejan till the end of the season, this is, you've got to be, and you, you are in sort of this stage of the Bruce Arena project. You have to be in a, a win now mode. Absolutely. And, like, and, if you've made it this, as you said, like, if you made it this far, like, you'd go for it because. You're gonna lose your exciting one of your exciting young attacking pieces. And the story of New England is, you know, th- this is when I first started watching the league. Is 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 the the peak to have the peak teams and then uh, make it to the to the final or or semifinal round and then not be able to to um, to collect. So this is they have an opportunity on their hands, but they have to to achieve what. I, not many teams have been able to do um, this year, and that is consistency. Yeah, and and one of the the double edged sword of success is that you raise the expectations, and now the before like last season it was like, wow, New England's really good. That's different. <laughs> and now everyone's like, all right, well, okay, New England's clearly doing something right, but can they finish this? Because the results say that they should be able to be walking away with 
the top prize this season. Um, but I don't think Bruce Arena, by any stretch, is going to be satisfied with just a supporter shield if they're not at least in the final. Mm. Seattle was uh, has didn't play a lot over the the last uh, couple of match days. Um, being is that they were uh, defeating all of Liga MX as you were as you were <laughs> describing uh, the the the, the All Star team was effectively just sort of like a mostly Sanders <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then they all then they also went on to beat um, Santos Laguna in the League's Cup which I mistakenly thought I was watching a Champions League game and then I only after the fact found out it was just League's Cup but. It's Great. like the champions. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, it's like Similar. the Champions League. Um, yeah, I, I just I think overall a really strong performance from Seattle. The thing I'm most impressed about this game, uh, about this game with, is just the stones of them to go play three at the back against a Mexican side. It's like. <laughs> This has certainly become a trend these days. The MLS clubs are deciding to play three at the back, and Seattle is the only side I've seen do it in any way convincingly. Um, but they, they play a, a scrappy game, and the reason why you would be mistaken for thinking it's a Champions League game is because they completely concacaffed Santos Laguna. It was right at the death, <laughs> into stoppage time. In the League's Cup, there's no added time. It would have gone straight to penalties, and um, Rui Diaz gets on the end of an incredible ball and just, he hits the goalkeeper but follows up on the second try and scores to win it. Um, so Seattle gets to go through to the final in Las Vegas. They're, they're a team that has continued to just be, like, you, and, can, never, you can never count them out. No, and uh, and Stefan Fry is back as well. So things are going okay in the Seattle Sounders world. This is it was wild to me. It, I don't think it's unreasonable for you to be confused uh, because the Concacaf Champions League semifinals are also happening. Yeah, it's just it's all happening. There's an awful lot of Mexican teams playing MLS teams and getting very confused about what is actually being played for. Um. America beat uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Yeah. to go to the final, and uh, the Monterey uh, walloped Cruz Azul four one to make the same game. So that will be exciting. The cha- the the I I know that like they want to have more uh, more more collaboration between the two leagues, which is the reason for doing this. I wonder if there are just maybe ways to beef up beef up the Champions League as opposed to like hold a new second, you know, uh competition. Of course then MLS wouldn't own it. But Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I'm fine with it. I just think, like most people, I have the question of like how how do you qualify for League's Cup? It's just they just picked a bunch of teams. That's that's who participates. Right. Yeah, it's, it's just sort of like a. It's not friendlies, but it's you know it's a it's an exhibition series. You'd guess right. Sure, but I mean, watching this game, there was nothing exhibition about it. It was two first team sides playing a pretty scrappy match. 
Um, certainly didn't look like either side was really holding anything back from it, but I don't know. Um, the do you think that um, I guess a little bit of that uh, that Concacaf? I feel like this is this is like the new. I don't want to focus too much on the U.S. men's national team, but like I think both the U.S. and Canadian national teams, because of the, the World Cup qualifiers coming on, are, are thinking like we really have to bone up on being able to compete in the Concacaf style, both for club and country. Um, do you think that that is going to make Seattle more challenging to face in the MLS playoffs? Uh, yeah, in terms of sort of like what what their intensity level is going to be like if, when, when they're inevitably in the playoffs. Um, I don't think it hurts. I mean, I think Brian Schmetzer has a plan regardless. I, I don't think playing in the League's Cup is a distraction. Um, and I'm sure he's set his team up to see it as an, an opportunity to keep the momentum going and to be working on the things that they want to work on. Um you know, every time you hear Brian Schmetzer talk, he, he's talking about the the little things that need to be worked on on the team. He's not somebody that's just content to ride whatever the last result was. Um, so yeah, I, I think it helps them. But of course, the thing is managing minutes properly. Um, Seattle's shown that they have amazing depth, but that's really going to be tested to the limits through the this next uh, couple of months. Um. You had uh, uh, a team that's trying to, I think, pick up, you know, establish that intensity is LA Galaxy, which is not losing games, but not winning games mm-hmm. in the in the last three, uh, winless in the last five, but they've they've drawn their last three, including that um, the Wild El Trafico uh, that we talked about last time. Yeah. Um, and they've had these, you know, the the one one against Colorado, the one one against Houston, um, and the the next, you know, they've they've played Houston and now their next two are against um, Colorado or or against uh, 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 Minnesota. And well, and, and Houston, Austin. um, yeah. And Houston and Colorado have been good, right? I mean, Houston has been up and down for sure. But I think that on the surface of it, it may not seem like those should be draws. But given where the teams have been at, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Right. Um, I think that the key thing for Greg Vanny right now is that Galaxy sort of inexplicably are still in fourth place. So it's just holding on to that with de- for uh, for dear life. I mean, Portland and Real Salt Lake, are they've got a little bit of ground to make up. But as long as LA can sort of fix their defensive problems and focus on that, which they seem to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think they can hang on and, and try to work on the other things as we approach the playoffs. That'll be good. The, I think that they have got the, they've got the personnel, but I think they're still kind of in that. Um, we rely on somebody to pull a rabbit out of the hat. thing yeah. A little bit too often. Yeah, I always feel like the build-up play from LA Galaxy is just a little predictable. Like, 
it's a, sort of a, a very white capsy approach to, to the buildup of just like, we're okay, I'm going to knock it out to the left back and he's going to carry it up and then we're going to carry it down the wing and then we're going to fire it across the face of goal, but there's not going to be anyone there, so we're going to go back and then defend. Um, yeah. And occasionally that works out because somebody gets on the end of one. Um, I feel like Galaxy have played their best soccer when they're playing really direct, but... Um, yeah, it certainly has sort of lacked that, like, it factor until, you know, Chicharito, like you say, somebody pulls something out of the hat and you're like, oh, cool. But for the most of the rest of the game, you're like, are they going to kick the ball at the net? <laughs> got any ideas out there? Somebody want to send down a note or something? I think that it is a little bit of a surprise to me, um, given the... I think that, that we we spent so much time on the international break and on some of the other tournaments that like we come back from the international break and I'm like, oh man, um, there's less of this. There's less of this season now than there. We're we're closer to the end than the beginning. Yeah, um, which will be interesting to see how teams really do try to uh, firm up. When it's uh, as as the as the as the stakes get higher, mm-hmm. well, and and I really think, and this might seem like an obvious thing, but like form is everything right now. It's it's not getting stuck in in a rut because I think you know both in the East and the West, there's a not a ton of points separating the teams just above the playoff line and and the teams just below, as usually happens. So you can afford a dropped game here and there. Um, but that's why I think you know, the Whitecaps game against Colorado actually has really high stakes because they need to turn this around and get a good result. Um, you know, Minnesota's just above them in the table, but they've not been doing well. But again, with so many games happening, all it takes is one, and then they're they're back above you, and you just don't want to be locked in this neck-and-neck race for the whole rest of the end of the season because you do also need to save something in the tank for if you by some miracle do make the playoffs do you want to give me a team i don't even i'm not saying to like like any kind of predictions but just sort of like one team when you're thinking when you're thinking of of both how they're gonna finish the run in in, and how they might do in the playoffs that you're feeling really really good about I mean, beyond the obvious, you know, top choices, Kansas City, I think, is going to right. be fine. But in terms of teams that are, like, maybe it's not quite, uh, their fates are not quite sealed yet, um, I think Portland. I, I still feel like Portland has has things that they can do when it goes well that really just baffle teams. Um of course, defensively, it's not it's not been good. Um, Discipline-wise, it, it hasn't always been there this season. But they are in fifth place. They are finding ways to win some games. They've got Sebastian Blanco back, who's been in form and really instrumental in their wins. Um, to me, they're the team that really has kind of like the wind in their sails at the moment. And they, re- they really need to just ride that, I think, as far as it can carry them. What about you? Mine is absolutely not based on form. <laughs> but, Great. But, uh, but Orlando. 
I think that I think that you know it's it's one uh, only one win, two losses in the last three, but but I think that like they are clicking well together and they have the pieces. They um, I think they can be really dangerous, and it could be really exciting to see them put it together. Um, the consistency is just the key. Yeah, yeah. I mean, attacking wise, I totally agree. I just defensively it's it's gotten very familiar um in in this always conceding multiple goals but uh yeah if i mean if they can turn it around and i certainly think they have the pieces to do that then i i, I don't see a reason why they can't do you have uh any news the uh that you want to tackle before the end of our uh, our time here we've got the uh Forge beat um, Valor 2-1 in the uh, Canadian Championship off of a goal from um, after off of goals from David Chaunier and, and Rubens Passius uh, to to advance into the next stage there. Um, oh, I watched the wildest uh, the wildest Halifax Wanderers game. Um, this is this is what I want to talk about. Uh, I saw some, yeah, I saw some mumblings, uh, some musings about this game. This is one of those games, and, and I'm not going to say this is wrong, where people say that was the greatest game in Campiel history. It was the greatest finish in Campiel history is what it was. Because I feel like leading up to um, the barnstorming finish between uh, Halifax Wanderers and York United on the 6th, um, it's a it's a fairly normal two two nothing game in the rain. It's nothing, nothing, uh, nothing particularly that would that would jump out at me. Um, but then <laughs> you have uh, the so York come into this. They're they're leading two nothing. Um. On two almost identical plays, Joao Morelli comes in and draws a penalty. Uh, two minutes, uh, three minutes apart uh, to tie to tie things up. Uh, I want to say I'm looking for who the player is that he continues to get that he was got in so much trouble with. Um, I want to say, oh, I don't know who I don't know who it was on the top off the top of my head. It would probably have been. Um, it would probably have been Absy that, that got into such a trouble. Um, the uh, Wanderers are now up uh, 2-2. All of a sudden, um, Alvaro Rivero scores to make it uh, 3-2 for York. Halifax has come back to make this, this wonderful, you know, this comeback draw. And now all of a sudden it's, uh, it's, you know, Jimmy Brennan in York who's smiling. And there is a 92nd minute own goal to make it 3-3 once again. The, Ooh, the, I don't love that. The pitch is a That doesn't pool. feel nice. It's, uh, I think it's the same guy. I think it's the same, absolutely the same player that was, was involved in the two Morelli. If I remember, it's been a couple weeks since the, since that game, but. 
but it was if you have the chance to look it up on the penalties that's my that's my KPL report for you is that that was a that was a wild game i only t- i only tuned in for the last 10 minutes but they were quite the 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> that can happen sometimes I, I feel like that's every time i watch ch- anything with concacaf in the title it's like I'll, no matter what, at what point I tune in at, that that's when the weirdest shit will go down. <laughs> Which I'm okay. I'm okay with it. All right. Uh, where can we find you online? You can find me online on Twitter and Instagram at that's so MLS. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get podcasts as well. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Oh, and that's so MLS.com as well. Where can we find you? You can find me online on Twitter at Team Bates, www.team-bates.com, and from time to time at Canada Game Stadium, I'm commenting on UNB uh, St. John soccer matches. That's right. Um, awesome. How'd that go last week? That was really fun. Um, being in person and watching soccer in person and and and, and being able to uh, hear your voice booming out through the stadium, wonderful. <laughs> not not such a bad feeling. No, no, it, no, it really wasn't. Um, loved, uh, you know, two the, you know, a, a, a day where you have two three one losses to Holland College for the men's and women's team, and then uh, a, the next day to Dallas, uh two nothing win for the men, three nothing win for the women, um, and uh, and next week it's the rivals uh, St. Thomas are coming by excellent on, uh, on sunday so if you've if you're if it hasn't happened yet go give it a look love it well until next time don't, don't go for that second challenge because you <laughs> will get sent <laughs> off <laughs> <laughs>